Do you like uh, various mustards? Like the, the poupons of the world? I'm not a picky eater. You That's true. I'll, I'll eat anything. I'm good with all but, of it. But do you seek them out? Do you like them? Like if you're eating like, I don't know, pretzels. Like some people really like like a grainy mustard. Oh, okay. I get where, you where know, you're coming from. Because um, I don't. That's that's where I'm leading with this. You know, I don't. Like if we have a bag of pretzels, I'm not like, okay, we've bought a bag of pretzels. Now I also must have gray poupon. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I if, if it's there and available, sure, I'll go for it. Yeah. I'll reach over and, right and dip that chip. Because I uh, wait, actually made pretzels last night. I made pretzel dogs. And uh, some mini oh my pretzels. God. And Holy uh, shit. yeah, they're good, man. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, but I'm I'm a strictly like a, a French's mustard regular kind of guy. Oh, uh, I just like the regular uh, yellow mustard. Um, there, uh, it's a big trend, I think, right now, in, in like uh, smaller restaurants and stuff, like food trucks and that kind of thing. Especially in Houston, um, like there's a there's a, a burger place. That we like, like Amanda liked the burgers at, but they, they're like, yeah, we make our own sausage. We made our own ketchup. And she was like, I just, I just want fucking like Heinz ketchup. Like, I don't need something special. <laughs> you like hand ground the tomatoes yeah. down and like all this stuff, whatever. And other places I've found, they're like, they're like, yeah, we made our own mustard. And it's like, has like the little grains in there and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. it's always too much for me. I'm just a standard guy. I like my, my regular. So I was curious that mustard's not one that really comes up with us. Uh, much so i was curious if you would actually eat that you're not a picky eater i get that so you would eat it but i don't know do you like that you know well yeah i i I, again i you know i'll eat anything on anything really um i there are you know if i'm getting like a burger or whatever sometimes Mm -hmm. i'll uh, do mustard only sometimes i'll do mustard mayo sometimes i'll do mustard ketchup you know like any number of combinations Mm -hmm. i'll never go in dry like, what yeah. am I, a friggin' monster? We've got these sauces for a reason. Help slide it down your gullet. Get to your butthole faster. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the point of sauce. That, I think we can all agree on makes that. Makes sense. You're right. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I will, uh, I, I'll agree with you that I, I don't really need somebody to necessarily custom make their yeah. own ketchup or mustard. Like, if they want to make their own, like, um, uh, whatever sauce like maybe they have like a, a spicy um mm-hmm. a ranch sauce or you know something like that there, there are certain yeah. things but like ketchup and mustard i think we've got down I, i'm totally fine getting like store-bought versions of that and serving that in your establishment mm-hmm. i don't need a, a a guy named chet who just got out of prison to <laughs> fully like just like punch all of your tomatoes and <laughs> add sugar or whatever to to make ketchup like yeah. it's it's okay that's fine but it doesn't really move the needle for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Plus, you. like, Chet, like, why was he in prison? Like, was it a, a victimless crime, you know? Or was uh, it, like, something where it's just like, ooh, stay away from this guy? Yeah. You know? Do you want his hands in your tomatoes? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a valid concern, too, I suppose. Uh, mm. I, I, I was more on flavor, but whose hands are up in your business? Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. You well, know? anyway, mustard talk ketchup talk with Britt mm-hmm. and steven here uh we're, we're recording a double episode today because uh, uh we need to so this will come out like later on but uh, we'll see i'm just mentioning that now because we're kind of winded we'll see how this goes mm-hmm. uh yeah. extra on top here so uh i'm just gonna jump into it mustard talk we're doing it we're doing it welcome excellent uh i'm steven fisher i'm brent hibbard and welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff, where today we're going to do some uh, pop culture catch-up. 
because we got a bunch of, of shit to talk about again. You know what? We've we've said this a couple of times here, but um, we have a lot of stuff to catch up on, and I feel like between pop culture catch up episodes, mm. that there's just more and more that we add to the list. I, I don't know how. Yeah, I feel like each week I'm like, shit, I don't have anything to talk about this time. But then we usually end up going long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I think it was at the beginning of this year. We were like, OK, we're just going to do hour long episodes. How oh, yeah. often do we do that? Twice? Uh, yeah. Maybe three times. <laughs> really stuck like the, with it. The, Go- the Godzilla episode that just came out and it set the world on fire. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that one was just supposed to be an hour long. Was it? No. 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 <laughs> It wasn't too bad, though. No, we Sometimes we, we at least stick to the, the realm of possibilities there. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's Stephen. What we can do. Speaking of realms of possibility, we, yeah. have a, uh, <laughs> we have a realm-adjacent thing to talk about. And, oh, really? Uh, we're jumping feet first. Uh, you know what? Uh, butt first. Uh, oh, in, yeah. Back into comic bookery talk. Uh, we're going to talk mm-hmm. about... War of the Realms, issue four from Marvel Comics uh, with the creative team of Aaron Dodderman, Wilson, and Sabino. Joe Sabino, how you do? Uh, it's offensive, and I just got blacklisted. Okay. Uh, can't go to Jersey. Okay, so uh, this is picking up from the last issue where um, all this stuff happened. You know what? We did it on an episode. I'm not yep. going to loop back to it. Trying to manage my minutia talk. <laughs> Trying to do it. Not good at it. So in honor of that, I'm not going to go page by page on this whole thing, but I will say that um, Queen Freya has gone to Svartalheim uh, with some of the uh, other Marvel heroes, and the, um, what do you call it, the the Rainbow Bridge was destroyed in in previous Mm -hmm. issues, Um, so this is the only way for uh, any of the characters to travel, travel back and forth between realms. She's defending the... Black Bifrost, I believe is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, she does it well enough to where everybody can get back from wherever they were. And a bunch of the uh, the uh, characters from previously in the uh, in the series and some of the their new reinforcements have all traveled back to Avengers Mountain now and uh, are hanging out there. And uh, so she's left to defend the Bifrost by herself. Uh, per her own instructions, she's going mm. to uh, defend it until the end. And um, this uh, this issue ends with a uh, not just one, but two major deaths, as far as we're concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of this issue overall? Uh, I thought it was good. It, it uh, I don't remember the last time we actually did an, an issue. It, it seems like it'd been a bit. <laughs> it was like a month ago, I think. Yeah. So uh, to be a second wait, to get wait, back wait, to wait, the wait, story. Wait, 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 Stephen, mm-hmm. before you go go any further i noticed uh-huh. this on the last episode and i noticed it again mm-hmm. i feel like you're going out of your way to not say <laughs> it's been a while i, I am it. going I, out I of think my that's way something like, I, I i think yes. that's something you've worked on and we have a I policy have. here at let's talk about stuff to not get better at, at anything <laughs> i catch myself sometimes and i switch it up uh-huh. but i still obviously go into that that frame of mind that phrasing you know uh, yeah. and then I have to, either way, if I'm saying been a while or been a bit, it's, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. Uh, there's just no, yeah. no fun catchphrase after been a bit. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you pointed it out though. I'm sure, uh, other people have yeah. noticed it as well. All of our mm-hmm. devoted listeners. 
uh, have, might have picked up on that as well. But uh, I'll throw in a, uh, it's been a while, every once in a while. So Okay. Don't you worry. Uh, it'll okay. slip out for sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it took me a little bit to... See, and there. Uh, to get back into this issue, um, because I forgot kind of where it had left off, but they do a good job because they're in so many different places, and they'll uh, kind of reminds me of the the MCU where they'll show like the title cards, or whatever. Like they're in, uh, like it'll show like kind of a title thing of like, and then show each character and like what realm they're in. They're trying to do stuff, and I was like, oh, that's right. Like they all kind yeah. of dispersed to do different things, and uh, you get kind of the gist of it as you're going through um mm-hmm. one of my uh, uh ones i wanted to mention specifically though was uh favorite line of this issue was okay. uh wolverine is being held by the frost giant and jotunheim and spider-man has his webs on i'm trying to get it back and he says hey lego my logan which i uh, <laughs> really appreciated um mm-hmm. and then favorite part of this issue was whenever uh odin wakes up and he's like my wife is still stuck there and she's going to destroy the the black Bifrost, and so he's he's like, no, I'm the only one that can go help her. And Tony Stark shows up and says, hey, we've actually been working on this shit for you. And I was like, oh, please tell me they have armor for him. And when he shows mm-hmm. up, it's fucking killer, man. That thing right. is crazy looking. He's got like the horns like built into the suit. It looks pretty bad. I love the the symbol on his chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of taking that uh, almost like Thor's armor and like Odin's armor, uh, but making it into like Iron Man stuff is pretty rad. Um, although and I do he, think it's, he has, yeah, he has just the one eye. I was going to say, that seems like yeah. it'd be hard to see out of. I know he only has the one eye, but it still looks kind of funny. This giant mask is like one little slit of an eye, uh, right. but it's cool. It's got like almost like a, like a Celtic looking beard sort of like, uh, on the bottom of it as well. And that bottom of the mask, um, it just looks pretty cool. And they uh, call yeah. him the, the yeah. iron all father. So that was pretty rad. So, oh man, there's a, a scene in here, um, where all of the the characters are being where it's kind of like a snapshot of seeing where like you said where all the different characters are like what realms each of them are are in and they're all going back towards the uh black bifrost portal so they can get back to avengers mountain and there's a uh, a scene of robbie reyes in his his car uh he's driving he's got these like hell spiders behind him he says flaming muscle car giant spiders in <laughs> yeah. hell and my face is a skull that's on fire just when i think my life can't get any more metal yeah no batmanium here baby just full-on <laughs> ghost rider in a charger everything's on fire plus you got some spiders behind you yeah. it's it, it's yeah yes but all yeah. day or day yeah when i read that i was uh, anytime i think of metal i think of you obviously but uh when i read that i was like oh this is made for fucking brit man Totally odd. <laughs> totally odd. Um, yeah, I, uh, I thought this issue was pretty cool. Um, it was nice to get back into this series, and uh, I'm kind of curious to see where it goes from here. Like you said, I, I was actually for a second I was like, wait, who who dies at the end? But it's it is Lady Freya and uh, and Odin. They were referring to right that they, uh, I guess like something yeah. they blow it up. I'm not sure what happened really there. Um, who blows up the, yeah. that area? There's some contention there. Um or there has been for quite a while, like Odin is very like alpha male esque. And he's like, mm-hmm. I, I make the decisions around here and very, is like very like old timey, like, uh, uh, toxic masculinity type of mm-hmm. dude. And Freya is like, nah, fam, yep. ain't happening. You know, like she does her own thing. So, uh, it, it's good that they were able to like reconnect and she says something to the effect of like, you, oh, yeah. you finally did it after all these years and you wait, like just before we're, we're going to die. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, you turned me on. Yeah. Or something like that. That was yeah. a good line, too. Like, 
it's kind of like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's about to, she's about to go down. And yeah. it, it does just not, you know, <laughs> in, in any way that's, uh, that's good. You know, not essential. That's, way that's, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah. But I wonder, but, uh, and yeah. you never know with comic books, like who's coming back or what really happened. So I'm kind of curious, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of this one, we see Thor, I, uh, fucking all armored up and he's like, I'm the only one that can lead this and he's kind of going to go avenge them or help them or whatever. And he doesn't know what happened to them really. I guess they know that the black Bifrost is, is done, I suppose. Uh, and they're going to mm-hmm. make their last stand on Midgard. But, um, yeah, do you know, so I know it said, uh, we have one more issue that's already out to read, but, um, do you know how many mm-hmm. more is at the end of the series or how much more is, they've got left? So this is issue four. It goes up to issue six. Um, and it, okay. we, have kind of put off doing this for a while for various like recording reasons. So we haven't gotten back to it, but yeah. So at this point, as of this recording issue five is out and okay. then I think, uh, six comes out in a, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd have to check, but, um, yeah, there's also an issue of the Avengers that, that came out recently as well that I guess deals with, um, you know, there's an attack on the Avengers mountain, you know, the celestial body mm-hmm. they inhabit. And I think that, particular issue addresses uh all of the like frost giants and everything going to attack avengers mountain so yeah it gets into that a little bit a little bit deeper um and on uh i think it's like the second to last page of the issue um has the punisher and a bunch of like um i think it's like elves standing around the uh Mm. the um like armory there yeah and uh, we can see like a character approaching off screen and uh, the punisher says to them sorry about your family so we can see that it's thor so i i think he does know oh okay that's um, right you're right but the the thing that uh, stands out to me in this issue is uh there's a shot of uh let's see where is it um uh alfheim uh which is where the the elves reside um there's a portal that shows up it's like the first page of the issue and on page two we get a reveal of the punisher who simply needs to buy larger shirts like the, the way that russell dodderman draws the punisher in this series just cracks oh me God. up like he is so like overly muscled uh-huh. like i get it like he's a, a big like military guy he's just like a full-on like combat machine uh-huh. so i get it and i'm not like I'm, I'm fine with it, but he he does look like big. a steroid come to life yeah. uh, in the series. It does kind of crack me up. Uh, and they do make <laughs> a, a pretty good pretty good um, assumption here, like the elf queen. She's like a human with a skull brand and the eyes of uh, yeah, and the eyes of war who travels by Black Bifrost. You're an agent of Malekith the Accursed, if I've ever seen one. It's like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you don't know this person, yeah. what else would <laughs> you <menacing>. assume? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, he is wearing a child-sized T-shirt with a skull on it, but still, it's menacing. Yeah, like yeah. he he cleaned up. Like when Babies R Us was going out of business, yeah. he cleaned up on black He's T-shirts. Like, all my shirts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to spend time putting the my skull logo on them, but worth it. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward then to to see where the series goes since we're just over the halfway point, I guess, for that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been pretty, uh, pretty fucking epic so far. The uh, art in this didn't disappoint, just like the other ones. It's very inventive. Uh, that scene where the, the Freya and, and Odin are blown up, as far as we can tell, um, it's like really colorful and cool. And um, mm-hmm. like, there's just a lot of interesting things going on in these books. There's so much going on in like every panel, and uh, yeah. that's pretty fascinating. I also love. I'm going back now. Uh, they, and they called it later on for the uh, like concept art in the back of the book. Um, 
like they call it dark Freya, but it's whenever she's she's got like these black lines kind of like around her, um, like oh, little yeah. spiky things or whatever. And it was really I, at first it kind of threw me when I first saw it, but uh, I kind of dig it. It's like uh, I don't know. It's got like a weird. It's like pinks and purples around her too, and you got the stuff. Yeah, it's almost like. Um, at first, it reminds me of graffiti, but it, it reminded me like in the in the mall, one of those kiosks where they have like the, the graffiti spray painted <laughs> colorful shirts. It's kind of like that, yeah. but like badass yeah. looking, you know, for her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I kind of dig it. It's kind of fun. It's funny that you point that out because I was just getting ready to sit, ready to say that Matthew Wilson is um, like on my list of like some of my favorite colorists uh, mm. that works in comics, and like for. Each of my favorite colorists, I've got like a specific like color choice or sometimes specific color that I identify them with. Mm. Uh, one that they maybe use more than others or they use more effectively. And his is like pink. He yeah. is fantastic with pink and it, he uses it in, in places where you wouldn't expect it. Like mm-hmm. like you said, around those like dark um, talons or whatever on her armor, yeah. it's highlighted in pink and somehow it just works. Um, the explosion uh, where... Mm-hmm. Uh, Freya and Odin die. There's a lot of pinks used there. Yeah, uh, a lot of pinks and purples. So um, it's just yeah. I, I don't cool. know. I like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's real like fresh. There's um, a comic company called Boom Studios. They publish those Power Ranger comics that mm-hmm. I read, um, and the it seems like it's maybe like a line wide thing where they tend to use a lot more pinks in their work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because like most of their work is gravitated towards girls or like some like weird thing like that yeah. it's just like they just tend to find those colorists that can use that color more effectively for mm-hmm. for things like that like it's not just the color of like romance or whatever it can be like an action-oriented color i just yeah it's cool like a, it it's cool. it's something that, that you wouldn't think uh about too often but There's, yeah yeah it's awesome as you were talking about that i was just scrolling through and there was there was pink on let's see like five six pages in a row leading up to the explosion Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all used in like kind of different ways though. Um, but it, yep. it highlights things really well. It's just, uh, it's just good coloring. Yeah. So that's, that's again, like being new to comics. I don't really follow the people or like see those, um, that same work or like see like a, how they're using color like that through different work and stuff. But this definitely mm-hmm. is striking. It's very cool. So I dig it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, one final thing I want to mention is, uh, Russell Dodderman is like, so good at like blurring objects in the fore or background mm-hmm. um like on that last page where we see thor he's like fully like recharged and ready to go he's got the um the destroyer arm on his severed arm yeah now. i was wondering if that's what, what um, it was yeah <laughs> in that that bottom panel we can see the the characters in the foreground or they have like a blurring effect on on them to, just to show a difference between the the planes mm-hmm. um and that's something that he does really well and I've seen his like actual line art. That's him doing it, not the colorist. I don't know mm. how much of a painted in the acid is to wonder, color yeah. that, if any. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's really cool. And th- I wanted to point that out specifically. Um, it, it, that's in the uh, that uh, the page where um, Freya is holding the uh, the ground at the Black Bifrost as well. Um, let's see, that is pulling it up on Comicsology, uh, page seven on the comicsology version okay. of it, but there's like a, a fallen elf on the, the foreground that's kind of blurred out as well. And then, you know, all of her lines are sharp. Mm. Um, I wanted to point that out because one thing I'm going to be talking about in our pop culture catch up, uh, uh, they don't do great at differentiating foreground and background. Okay. And, uh, just wanted to point out how much effort was well. put into yeah. differentiating <laughs> that. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, like you said, we've got two more issues to uh, to get through, and then uh, we're we're done with the event. So yeah, cool. uh, the the Avengers have backup. Thor's back and ready to go. He's pissed off. So yeah. I'm thinking it's gonna get real serious real quick as well. Sounds like a plan to me. Hell yeah. All right. So should we move on to catching up on some pop culture? I mean, like, what do you think? What do you think? I think, yeah, I was going to make a sandwich, but if you want to just oh. keep, keep doing this, that's cool. Are you going to use mustard? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> See what mm. I did there? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, absolutely. So Let's do it. Do you want to kick it off? And uh, and start off with uh, with one of your your topics you'd like to discuss. Absolutely. Um, so I watched a movie that um, I had tried years and years ago and turned off. I just didn't care for it. I really don't remember the event. I don't remember if it was like I was bored or like wasn't feeling at the time. I remember thinking though that this movie um, was not like what I wanted it to be, and it wasn't like as fun as I expected it to be. Uh, okay. But then recently. I went and tried it again, and I love it. And I've seen it like three times now. Um, wow! Really, I keep throwing you did it a, on. a bit totally about face on it. Yeah, though. totally about face. So it's kind of fun. So this is the 2011 Paul, starring. Oh, okay. Right, Simon yeah. Pegg and Nick Frost and Seth Rogen as the titular Paul. Um, mm-hmm. It's also got Jason Bateman, Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, it's got a bunch of people in it. And so a lot of people that I love, and uh, I've been such a big fan of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Like, I love them as, like, best friends on film or whatever, or anything they do together on film. And I'm, sure. I've been watching, like, uh, not so much Shaun of the Dead, but I've been watching Hot Fuzz and The World's End a whole lot uh, lately. And I was like, man, I don't know why I never give this one, like, that much of a shot. It's an alien movie. I love that. Um, Seth Rogen is an alien. Sounds great. And I remember just, like, I tried it years ago and didn't care for it. And I don't know what was wrong with me. I loved it. It is so much fun. It's uh, quirky. And uh, I think the alien, like Seth Rogen's alien, is perfect. Um, right. Yeah. It, there's a lot that really works about it. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, you've, you've seen this, right? Yes. Yeah. I've, uh, I've seen it and I own it. And, uh, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I've liked this movie from the first time I saw it. But awesome. I have had trouble, like trying to get other people to watch Ooh. and enjoy it like <laughs> i brought this up once at a gathering of friends um and the one of the people that was like in the circle that i was talking to mm-hmm. had mentioned oh i didn't like this movie and that's because he was deeply religious and i was oh. like yeah yeah if you're religious this yeah ain't, this ain't gonna be your jam not gonna be for you you know no. there i 2011 I, I was still f- kind of religious then, I think. I was still, I was on like the, uh, the downward slope of that. But um, that does, like, that has affected in the past for some movies. I don't remember if I mentioned it on here, but uh, I watched Saved in the last year or two. Um, yeah. And I tried that when I was younger, and I was religious at the time, and I thought it was a terrible movie. And then I was, now that I'm on the other side of it, I was like, oh, this is hilarious. So that does, like, right. affect it for sure. I get that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I don't remember at the time if that was a par- part of it for me, but... The only thing I would say about this movie now is it, it does feel a little, it's weird that it's only 2011 because it feels older than that. They make a lot oh, of yeah. like gay jokes and stuff in it. Um, there's like oh, a whole really? subplot with, um, I'm trying to remember his name right now. Um, there's a whole subplot with two characters who, um, 
uh, Jesse Plemons uh, is one, and David Ketchner um, as like hillbillies uh, that they like hit their truck and stuff, and they're they're making fun of them, <laughs> thinking they're gay. Yeah, um, that's right. And then they'll have to like constantly be like, oh, we're not gay. And then there's a a scene where Paul thinks they're gay because they're just friends or whatever, I guess. But um, everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're gay for some reason, and he is trying to like mime to uh, Nick Frost what he thinks without saying it. And he does this whole thing where he does like a fake blowjob like motion, and then he takes <laughs> yeah. that as like a dildo and like fucks himself in the butt, and he's like, you know, like, <laughs> eh, eh. and it's like a really extended scene, and it's it can be funny, but it's um, I just thought like it just happens like a lot, and it was like over the top, um, and I think they used the dreaded f word uh, a few times in there as well, if I remember right, but um, oh really? Okay, I can get over that for the most part. Uh, I feel like there there's like one or two times someone says that. Um, but uh, it, it just feels like a little. It feels like it should be older uh, than 2011, I guess, for that kind of thing. But we made a lot of progress yeah. in a little amount of time. So, um, but other than that, um, yeah, it's great, man. I I'm so sad that I missed out on all these years of watching it. I'm glad I have it now, though. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think the special effects hold up pretty well. Like they do. They, they use them a decent amount of time. Like you have, <laughs> you get to see Paul a lot in this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, I wish we got to see Godzilla this much in that 2014 movie. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? That's That was a full week ago. There you I go. I don't know how I still even have that on my brain. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the 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 special effects in this are good. I really like the, um, the way they address religion in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, I know it's, obviously it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but like for me, it kind of scratches that itch. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie, the invention of lying yes. with Ricky Gervais uh-huh. and uh, Jennifer Garner? Um, I really like that movie as well. Um, I, I only saw it like once, mm-hmm. but it, it, uh, it really like, you know, being landlocked here in Oklahoma in the middle of the, the Bible belt, the yeah. buckle of the Bible belt, some say um, it, like anytime I can get some, satirizing and uh and um a comedic take on like or making fun of like a religion like i'll scoop it up yeah like, right I'm, I'm a big fan of it yeah uh, <laughs> so like I, I i like all that stuff i know it's not gonna be the majority of america's cuppa but you know yeah. i i dig it um yeah myself and you know if, if you're religious or religious more than likely you're not going to like this but yeah if you uh come out of it or if you're you know maybe you don't take offense to that type of humor. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Paul is a, a, a good movie to watch. Yeah, and it's not even like a huge part of it. It's just like a really funny part because it's, it's Kristen Wiig and mm-hmm. she is very like indoctrinated indoctrinated into that world and um, yeah. they have some arguments and stuff. But I, I love it, the, the way they play with the thing. I don't want to like ruin anything with the movie, I guess, but the, the way that the alien is able to talk to her and show her things uh, that contradict that uh, is very fascinating to me. Um, and like you said, the effects really held up. I almost feel like when I watched it back in like 2011 or 2012 or whatever, I was like, these aren't that great. But now I was like, he actually looks pretty good. And I was surprised at the level of the effects actually from 2011 for him, um, for being like a full CGI character. And, uh, it really yeah. worked. Um, and not, and not like, uh, being like fucking avatar or something, you know, like with a huge ass budget or whatever, like his effects yeah. like really worked. Um. And uh, yeah, so I dug it. I'm, I'm looking at it too. It's it's written by Simon Pegg, uh, Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's obviously awesome. And then directed by Greg Matola, who did my favorite Superbad. So totally makes sense that oh, I would like wow. it. 
right? Yeah. Um, he also did uh, Adventureland, which I didn't care for when I first saw it. I don't know if you've ever seen yeah. that one, but it makes me want to go back yeah. and see it now that I like Paul so much and be like, well, maybe I, I need like some time, you know, to kind of go back and uh, and see see it from a different way. I don't know, but yeah, I remember seeing Adventureland a while back, and uh, I think like when it first came out on like DVD or whatever, we rented it, and mm-hmm. I was going into it thinking it was a comedy, and there are comedic right. parts, but I think it's more of like a drama or like a dramedy, you know, something like that. Yeah. I uh, I feel the same way because it was I feel like it was sold as a comedy, and I've heard people reference it that way. But I'm like I remember it being more dramatic. And on Wikipedia, for their credit, it says comedy drama. So, uh, but yeah, maybe going into it knowing what it is, mm-hmm. be a little bit better. It has a lot of good people in it, but uh, I just never could get into that one. But Paul was kind of the same way. Like I didn't give it a shot when it came out, but uh, I'm very glad that I did because it's. Uh, I, I put it on like yesterday when I was cooking. Like I just put it on in the background now. It's one of those those new ones I can just like watch all the time. And it my mm-hmm. favorite part of it is in the very beginning, um, you see like a farmhouse, and it's when the alien like a ship is coming or something's happening. You you get that gist, whatever. And the way they film mm-hmm. it, they have these like really far back like wide shots of like the sky and the stars and this farmhouse. And I was like, holy shit! Like Spielberg could have done this. And it's definitely trying mm-hmm. to like capture that Amblin era uh, ET close encounters kind of vibe and they do a lot of stuff with like lights like the like the ships would have like very Spielbergian uh, way to do it and man that's that's an itch that I like scratched so much yeah. um, you know with like Super 8 and JJ stuff whatever but this actually to me was even better for that specific reason um, like that scratching that itch uh, than like Super 8 was and stuff this was like really just like kind of unabashedly being like hey we're a comedy about this so we can really we don't have to do our own like um new like alien mythos we'll just kind of do whatever we want and they were really able to like capture that kind of amblin-esque feeling that i was like oh my god this is fucking fantastic so yeah it's really like really grown on me in the last few weeks that uh man again i just like wish i would have seen it when it came out <laughs> like and lived it i don't know didn't know what well, happened i mean yeah, I mean, you're uh, like where you were at that time. It probably still wouldn't have clicked with yeah. you, you know, if you saw it in the theaters or whatever. But I mean, I'm glad that you you came around on yeah. it. I, I feel like it's a, a movie that more people should uh, should uh, enjoy. Yeah, I guess. So I'm gonna just so I can talk about it with them. Yeah. <laughs> Highly recommend it. And we should. Yeah, I would love to actually watch it with you someday, and uh, we should uh, talk about it more and stuff uh, another time. But it, it was yeah, it was really good. I really dug it. So awesome. What do you guys think? Well, so I've got three things I want to discuss on today's episode. I'm going to start with the bad and work my way to... I'm just going to go ahead and say the good. Okay. Um, so I want to start with the, the first thing. So uh, this is a comic back from the year 1986. You ever heard of it? Um, the year? Uh, I can't believe time time goes back that mm-hmm. far. But yeah, I know. Um, the year was the year 1986. The comic book. This one I'm going to tell you about. So... <laughs> Um, so put, put yourself in this, this mind frame. Okay. It's 1986 and I'm going to throw some names at you. Okay. Okay. Clint, Bruce, Chuck, Jackie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Big like action star names, right? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) this is a story of those characters and, uh, these characters are sent 
by NASA and the UN mm-hmm. to space because there's going to be um, this radioactive element that's coming towards Earth. Oh, we got to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got to put these characters in this spaceship. They're going to go destroy this item. This item. This calamity that's rocketing towards earth okay so they send them out there those characters end up becoming irradiated uh and um as their the rocket goes towards this this uh uh space monstrosity out there um they hit the self-destruct button they destroy it but like i said they're irradiated and somehow they get shot back to earth they wind up in tibet in the himalayan mountains um, those characters are then they're they're okay they're fine that's fine okay, okay. Um, those Good characters are then raised by monks and taught martial arts and sent about their way and uh, make their way back to the United States um, and I'll be honest with you that's about as deep as this plot goes uh, like I said I did not really care for this <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think I should probably fill you in on some of the details that I gave you so the radioactive um, uh, thing that's out in space that's coming towards earth that has to be destroyed I should probably tell you that it's radioactive cosmic jello okay oh, okay um, I love jello and uh, again this is from 1986 but Professor Cosby uh, is the one who discovers this uh-huh. and uh, discovers this radioactive jello. And um, so... Where do you find this stuff? You know, uh, when you're uh, oh, man. as cool as me uh-huh. and have been around the, the comic scene for a while, you, you, you hear about these things. Nice. Uh, turd of mouth. Uh, so the, the UN offers up different... Um, people from different nations to take care of the threat and uh, like Canada offers up Bob and Doug McKenzie uh, Britain offers up the sex pistols and then Poland offers up four hamsters Stephen I read a comic book that's a parody of a parody <laughs> called <laughs> adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters I don't know if you can can see that, uh-huh. and I will certainly put this up on our Twitter and Instagram. Uh, but this comic book was not good. Um, I've uh, I came across it literally in a dollar bin. So here's another dollar nice. bin thing that people have loved. Again, that Godzilla episode. People <laughs> ate it up. Can't get enough. Probably. Uh, so the uh, the book in question is something that I've I've heard of. I've never read it. Came across, and I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I can I can drop a dollar on this, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, eh, I, I got my money's this. worth. <laughs> I, I got my money's worth out of it. the The issue is like the the story is bad. Like, like I said, this is a, a parody of a parody. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is what this is based on. It's mm-hmm. like a parody of that, but the turtles are a parody of like Daredevil and Frank Miller's Ronin mm-hmm. and like the mutant superheroes of the time, like the, the X Men, Teen Titans. Um, and this is just like a really bad job. Like there are some like terrible, terrible jokes question mark uh in this and like the the line art is is pretty shaky um it's i don't know like there there are certain scenes in here where they use like gray tones to help differentiate between the foreground and the background but there's also a lot of like texture stuff that the artist adds to like everything sometimes Mm. it's on snow but it's also on their clothing and it's also on like trees all in the same shot and it's just it all kind of looks like a big pile of mush um just and when it's all in, in black and art artwork like this mm-hmm. it's like you need anything you can to help differentiate 
you know, between foreground, background, how close something is to another thing. Um, and he doesn't really vary his line weight at all, like the thickness of the line. So mm-hmm. ideally, uh, if something is closer to the viewer, you want to have that line thicker. And then if it's recedes into the background, it's it's thinner, just as a general rule to help okay. with that differentiation. Uh, can't say that word. All right. Um, but <laughs> Brain's drunk. <laughs> yeah, you know, how I go on. It's one of those episodes. So. Uh, eventually like they get on a plane to, or they wind up on a plane to America and there's a hijacking that takes place. Again, this is in 1986. So that's when that wasn't such a touchy subject, Yeah. but this, this organization called, uh, the potluck organization, um, they, they call themselves the PLO, which is like Palestine liberation organization from back in the day. It was like a big, like terrorist like group. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, they're like a, a group of characters. Like one's a scuba diver, one's a hockey player, one's a Viking, and one is a like a, a nun with a, a machine what gun. What is happening in this book? <laughs> their their leader is this little kid with a slingshot who has like a he has a crown on his head, but it's not like a like a royalty crown. It's like a like Jughead's crown oh, from Archie nice. Comics. Uh-huh. Um, it's just it's it's a fucking weird book, um, and. It's just, it's so bizarre. Um, they rebooted this at uh, Dynamite, um, Dynamite Publishing, like back in 2008, I believe. Okay. Um, and I might check that series out just to see how, if at all, this has changed. Yeah. But otherwise, this was, this was not good. Am I tempted to track down and read the other issues? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I'm, I'm into like, I want to see like weird shit. I just want to see this train wreck happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Also, it kind of makes me feel better. If I'm being honest about some of my comics anime. Um, <laughs> so, you know. But I don't know. I, I don't know if if these guys' uh, work has progressed at all. Um, oh, I should mention that this is by Don Chin and this guy named Parsonovich. So okay. I haven't really heard of those creators beyond beyond that or yeah. doing any other work. But I don't know. You know, it was a, an interesting trip to take. So yeah. um, also on deck... Um, because I, I am kind of fascinated by any type of uh, take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. um, and that was such a, a big hit property from back in the day. Other people tried to jump on it, like obviously this book, and then there were any number of other like funny animal um, martial arts comics that came out around this time. So for a while, That's I've funny. had on my little spinner rack here in my office, I've had a uh, the first issue of a series called Samurai Penguin, uh, oh, okay. that I have yet to get to, but it's oh, on deck cool. as well. Uh, yeah, this one actually looks uh, decent, uh, at least from the cover. Um, I think so the, I'll, the I'll concept. Later. Yeah, I'm into yeah, yeah, not as many words, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. we're off to a great start with the <laughs> Much title. Much better. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll we'll see how that goes, but uh, I'll keep you posted on that one. But, Absolutely. Yeah. Adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters is a thing uh, nope. that exists in the world. So it's there for you. Um, I know we had just received an email from Sarah uh, saying that she was going to add Dead to Me and the Society to her uh, Netflix nice. queue. Excellent. So Sarah, if you're looking up recommendations, or you want some, <laughs> I mean, you can probably track down this first issue fairly cheap. You go to mycomicshop.com, go to your local LCS to say, hey, give me this, take a deep breath, and then regurgitate the, the name of it. It's all there for you. I'm looking forward to reading this someday because it yep. looks great. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
No. Uh, thank you for putting in the work, though, so the rest of us don't have to. You know what? Um, I don't want to call myself a hero. Yeah, but I will. I think I thank you. I You're think the hero. title certainly fits. I think the Wallflowers wrote a song about me. Um, yeah. And by wrote a song, I mean covered a David, David Bowie song. <laughs> Back to you. About you, though. And about that's me. the point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, listen, uh, that's the, it's a hero's work right there, and we appreciate it, mm-hmm. uh, me and the listeners, because um, it's there now, and I don't have to read it. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. Um, but I'm going to move on to uh, a quick one for me. Ooh, uh, okay. That is a movie Amanda and I watched the other week. Uh, it was an action spy comedy, which can be really fun. And it's called mm. The Spy Who Dumped Me. Ooh, okay. I was with, curious. With Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon uh, and Justin Thoreau. And uh, this one came out uh, roughly around the same time as the movie Spy with... Um, Melissa McCarthy, so it was almost like one of mm-hmm. those, I, I feel like it's one of those Hollywood double ones where they did two, like, female-led action comedies where someone gets put in a spy About situation. Spies. They're not a spy, <laughs> yeah. though, you know? And yeah. uh, th- this is why it's short. Um, the trailer for this, I thought, was was pretty funny, and I still think it's a good trailer. Uh, it shows some good moments. And uh, Amanda and I watched this about, I think it was like two weeks ago now. And last night I was making my list of stuff for the show today to talk about, and I had this on my list already, and I said, Amanda, did, did we watch that? And she said, yeah, and I was like, I forgot. And oh, that's wow. as much as I remember about this movie. Wow. <laughs> Very forgettable. Scathing um, review by once, st- 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 Stephen Fisher. Once I uh, confirmed that with her, I was like, okay, it's coming back a little bit. But I don't really remember a lot of it. I do remember really disliking large portions of it, though. Um, hmm. It was just not that great. Kate McKinnon, I think, is really great, and people love her right now. But she's almost getting a little like uh, overdone to me. It's like they put mm-hmm. her in most of the SNL skits now because it's like she's like their star player and stuff. And mm-hmm. she's great, though. That's the thing. But um, I don't know for this one that she really pulled it off for me. I don't really think that. Uh, like, there's much, again, to, like, remember about it. And I love Mila Kunis. Um, she's always fun and stuff. And I thought this would be a lot more fun than it was, than it ended up being. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Don't remember it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow, that was short. Okay. <laughs> uh, well noted. So, uh, uh-huh. I will uh, talk about my next thing, which is I recently watched a movie called Don't Breathe, the, the oh, horror movie. Oh, dude, tell me I th- about I it. I believe you've... you've so, I have not seen it. Uh Oh wait, what? I, I haven't seen it. seen it. Mm-mm. I have oh, okay, it. Okay, okay. I just haven't seen it yet. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. So, um, man, I I really like this movie. My wife was not really a fan. She did, it kind of lost her interest, I guess. Mm-hmm. I um, can see that. This is this is one of those movies where, like, if you're watching this, especially at home, uh, like, where else would you watch it? It's not like you can <laughs> retroactively go back to the theater. Mm. <laughs> Really fucking it up again, yeah, no old right, Kenny boy. Right. Okay, so uh, take two. So if uh, if you're watching this in, uh, in in your home, you want to make sure that everything is as quiet as can be because mm-hmm. that's the conceit of the movie. Um, these three kids go into um, to to rob this uh, guy's house. Turns out the guy in question is blind, um, which they know about, but they don't realize that he's also like a, a military like 
uh, like special ops, like tactician or whatever. Um, so even though he's blind, he still has like his wits about him and he's able to, um, defend himself yeah. uh, against these, these attackers or not attackers, these, uh, people that have broken into his home. Um, since you haven't seen it yet, mm-hmm. uh, I will say that like shit gets like pretty dark in this. Okay. Um, and there is one, there is honestly, there was one point of this movie where I was just like, Oh fuck this. Like there, there are certain things that I just like, even though it's fake and I know it's a movie and everything, there's just like some things where I'm just like, I can't like, I can't like do this. Like it's mm. just like too much for me. Uh, but luckily the thing that happens is doesn't quite it isn't going to happen the way I had thought. Mm-hmm. Not that it's necessarily better, but it's just a little bit different. Mm. After you see it, we'll we'll talk <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, I know. It. Right? But like, That's fine. Uh, overall, it was like a, a nice, like suspenseful movie, and mm-hmm. I would put this up there um, on like one of the better horror movies that I've seen recently. Not as good as like you know the Jordan Peele movies or Cabin yeah. in the Woods or anything, but otherwise, it was like a, a really good time. Yeah, and, cool. Uh, yeah, like I said, if as long as you don't have like a lot of noise going on around you, it'll keep you in suspense mm-hmm. during that whole thing. But yeah, nice and violent. The uh, the the old man whose house gets broken into, uh, I think his name is Stephen Lang. Yeah, that actor's name is Stephen Lang. Uh-huh. Uh, he just looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, he looks cool. Like back a couple of Halloweens ago, I talked about rewatching Predator and saying that mm. Carl Weathers looks cool. Like I don't I don't exactly know what that means. Other yeah, than just like visually, <laughs> I get you. They just look like. They look cool. They, they look, look like cool. action figures come to life. Yeah. Uh, and this this old man is like ripped as fuck. Um, and he just has like a cool look to him. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I like the movie overall. I, I definitely want to get your thoughts on it after you after you watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I think I've been waiting for uh, I, I have it now as I was waiting for um, Halloween to to watch it um, as like a, a mm-hmm. horror movie. Would you say it's horror or suspense, though? I guess I, I would say it's more suspense but there's i think the way it gets lumped in with like horror is there's a lot of like um violence associated yeah. with or yeah gore yeah, violence is, like is a part of it yeah yeah i don't know that like gore okay is necessarily part of it but you know what with this climate change i think gore has really like helps let us know about <laughs> you know the world at large uh, so sure. in that way yeah al gore is part of it and okay. i did you know stream it from my you know, from my TV, mm-hmm. internet, Al Gore, obviously the creator. Yeah, that's a story. Um, so, so he about? he's always there because he funds. He's always there. He's, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's part of. He's in the internet, like lawnmower yeah. man. Yeah, as far mm-hmm. as I know. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I am looking forward to seeing it. I just haven't yet, but uh, and it, it part of the reason for me though is uh, I had to look this up to make sure, but it's um, directed by uh, Fetty Alvarez, who did the Evil Dead remake. And okay. I wasn't really a huge fan of the Evil Dead remake. I'm not a huge fan of that series, um, mm-hmm. so I'm not the best to really talk about it at all. But basically, from what I remember of the Evil Dead remake, they were like, "This is going to be fucking dark and gory and gross." And then it was essentially like Evil an Evil Dead movie. It was still like funny and off and you know kilter and weird or whatever and um, yeah. and gory and stuff. And I just didn't care for it. I just don't like those movies that much. So. Um, mm-hmm. this one, I, that's all I really had to go off of, uh, of his. And so I had heard good things about don't breathe, but I just wasn't like rushing out to go see it because of that. Cause I felt like I had already kind of gotten, tried that before with him. And I was like, 
didn't really care what I what I saw, but I do love the premise of this movie a whole lot. So uh, I think that's really fun. Yeah, yeah, I uh, it's definitely worth a watch if if you've never seen it. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've didn't really have any interest in watching the Evil Dead remake mm-hmm. at all. So you I don't seen it. I don't know why. I just no, no. Yeah. Uh, do you like but the I, other? Films? I think the, I can't remember what we'd said that before. Um, like the old I, ones. I watched them back when I was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched all three of them. I thought the first one was okay. I liked the second one. And then like Army of Darkness was just like bonkers. Yeah. Like, I like Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Um, a I lot. Like so I remember liking them for, for that reason. But I don't know how well they would like hold up mm-hmm. for me now. Yeah. You know? That's true. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting though. I'll definitely, we'll definitely have to talk about it whenever I see it finally. Cause I'm, I'm curious. Yeah kind of the stuff you're hinting around that you can't talk about yet. So that's always mm-hmm. uh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool though. Yeah. Um, awesome. So my next one is a book that I finished uh, without pictures, Brent. Actually, there was a section. They still make those? There's a section in the center that did have pictures, but they're not. Oh, thank God. So that, that is a step in the right direction, but they're not every page like I know you like. Wow, okay. Um, mm-hmm. in the, yeah, wall of text. Just a fucking wall of text. The letter on this, very good. Uh, <laughs> thank you for noticing it was very machine like um uh no so this is a movie uh, a movie uh, this is a book uh that i read recently called i'll be gone in the dark which is a true crime book and uh, my wife amanda had found this first and it's um it's about the golden state killer which is uh, oh, a new okay. name for for this guy who um did a whole bunch of crimes that they only lost for, like a few years connected all together and realized he was the same like a perpetrator of them, but it was written by Michelle McNamara, who had yes, passed yeah. away. Patton, yeah, yeah, Patton Oswalt, his uh, his wife, Oswalt's uh, wife, yeah, yeah, and yeah. she was writing this book, researching and writing it, and was I guess about seventy five percent of the way through. Whenever she passed away, um, kind of randomly, um, mm-hmm. like at forty five or something like that, she was really young, and. Very young, yeah. um, yeah, so Amanda picked this up. We love true crime stuff, and I've talked about a few things we've been watching recently, TV shows and movies and stuff. And this is part of the reason why, because she, she found this book and re- was reading it, and uh, it was great, man. I, I read it right after she did. Um, it is fucking terrifying, because it's true. And mm-hmm. uh, But the way that she writes the story, it's such a shame that this is going to be her only book, because she writes things in, in a, uh, just a, such a fucking good way. Amanda described it as almost like a novel, even though it's really like more of like a documentary, if you will. Like, um, it's, she puts you in the, in the places she will start a chapter and kind of mention the stuff of like the feeling of what it was like in 1970s San Francisco or these small towns around California mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, like you almost get the sense of like the weight of the air in summer, you know, without her like saying that, like, she talks about like, I don't know, like it, she'll put you in that place, like kids playing nearby with popsicles and stuff. And you're like, you get the, the vibe of that era. And then it gets into the heaviness of the actual story. And it's, so it's, it's a little more like uh, cemented, I guess uh, you could say, because it, yeah. it really like you get put into the, those situations and it's, then it's so terrifying. And essentially this guy, um, they, he was known by like three different ways for three different crimes that kind of progressed over time he started off called the ransacker horrible superhero name uh but essentially (laughs) he would just get into people's homes and like rifle through their shit he wouldn't even steal a whole lot he wouldn't steal stuff of value he would just like steal shit 
and then he started um, raping women and did that uh, like 50, over like, over like 50 women. And oh my God. Uh, it was terrifying because what he would do, essentially he learned how to break into people's homes and he would, he would like prowl and he would get caught sometimes as like being a, a peeping Tom and he would get like chased away, but he never really got caught. And then they would just like find shoe prints, but he would like figure out people's routines and then figure out how to get into their homes. And then he would come back later on and know how to get into their homes and know when they were asleep and all this stuff. And they would just wake up Jesus. and there'd be someone standing in their room. And then he oh would God. do his shit. And it was just, it, the way she would write about it though was fucking like visceral and terrifying. And um, I don't need to get into the nitty gritty of all the, the crimes and stuff, but eventually he graduated into murdering people after, after like he would, he, he started with like just single women and then he would, or like women that didn't have men at home. Then he started doing it even if the guy was home with couples and eventually ended up killing people. And I think he killed like 10 or 12 people eventually. And then they found out later on through DNA evidence, they connected and they were like, we don't know who this guy is, but we're finding the same stuff. Oh, this is that same guy that raped all these women. This is the same guy that used to ransack. And they realized all of these crimes were connected. And then she dubbed him, I can't remember his name at first. They called him like the ransacker and then they called him um, like the East ba East Area Rapist, uh, EAR is what they called it for short, E-A-R. Mm. Um, and then she dubbed him the Golden State Killer. And then her book came out and then they caught him. And it wasn't oh, really yeah. due to her book. It just happened that the DNA evidence finally caught something. And it turned out he'd been a cop for 10 years, like during this time. Holy shit. Which is fucking terrifying. And uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, like, if you love true crime stuff, I would highly recommend this book. It was superbly written. Uh, the only thing that sucks about it is because she wasn't finished with it, they basically had like a small team of researchers and the editor and stuff kind of fill things out. So they'll give a little notes here and there, like, this was pulled from like an article she wrote about it at first before the book came out, or this is pulled from the notes about that article. And they kind of had to fill things in. And then the ending of it is kind of abrupt, um, I'll say without giving spoilers away, because she had passed away and it was before he, that he was caught. So they had mm -hmm. some researchers who basically were like, you know, we tried to kind of match the way she writes stuff, but obviously she's very good at it. And we just realized like we're no match for that. So we're just gonna like give you some of the facts. And uh, so they kind of just like, in things out and then there's like an afterward where it's like oh they caught the guy and it was written by uh, Patton uh, her husband um, wow. yeah. about like they were like on a book tour when they found out or whatever and so there's some interesting stuff like that and then that's like any true crime thing podcast or movie or documentary or book you go online afterwards and you look stuff up and like what what's the stuff I can find out extra info what happened with the guy that they caught you mm -hmm. know and there's still like not very much info about him so it was interesting because in the book they go through a lot of like trying to profile him and figure out who this guy is and i'll be curious yeah. as, although i think we shouldn't glorify the killers and like talk about them as much like, i'm curious because this guy was did so many crimes it's ridiculous yeah. that i'm curious to see what they thought of him and what comes out about him that might match up like you know the the typical things of any serial killer like you know a white male 100 percent uh, but like his background and stuff, you know, I'm curious to see what comes out about like how he got that way or whatever. But, um, yeah, super good book. Highly recommend. Uh, we've already passed it on to some friends to read, uh, now that we've, we've both read it and stuff. But, uh, I'll say one thing, uh, Amanda and I lock our bedroom door now 
uh, we never <laughs> never did before. Um, yeah. But the fact that like maybe someone can get into our house, but like we'd hear them try to jimmy open our bedroom door instead of just like waking up to someone standing there, which would be fucking awful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like uh, we definitely got into the routine of like checking everything, checking the locks and the windows, like a lot more than we ever did, and uh, it'll it'll definitely uh, scare you. So. Absolutely. And what was the name of that book again? I'll be gone in the dark. Which like, wait, I'll like I. I will. Apostrophe yeah. L. Yeah. I will, okay. I'll. Uh, it's a, a phrase he told someone one time. He said something like, "Don't scream. Like, let's get through this. Um, you won't find me. I'll be gone in the dark." Which is uh, oh my God. pretty yeah, pretty terrifying. That is. But it makes for Jesus a great book <laughs> Yeah. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> um, so um, to, to piggyback on yeah. what you were saying, um, Patton Oswalt is a stand-up comedian. He's an actor. He's been in a, a ton of stuff. He's in King of Queens. Um, he had a Netflix stand-up special that came out in 2017 oh, yeah. called Patton Oswalt Annihilation. And in that book, in that book, uh, in that special, he talks about it, um, about his wife passing away. Mm-hmm. and him having to like break that to his daughter and everything and like the special is excellent like as soon as i saw that it was coming on netflix i like went out that night mm-hmm. that it was available and i watched it and i need to go man, watch that now yeah bring a, yeah it'll bring a tear to your eye yeah um, but you know he he does have a lot of like good humor that mm-hmm. like kind of surrounds that as well um but yeah that that is definitely worth checking out as um, if you've got yeah, the right time on. for it, it's an hour and six minutes. So yeah, it's a, uh, easy. Pretty, pretty tight set there. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I totally forgot about that. But now since I've read that book, I need to go watch that for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. So my, my final thing here mm-hmm. is also on Netflix. <sighs> <laughs> my wife and I watched this last night. We've seen the advertising come up for it uh, here recently. It's a movie called Always Be My Maybe. It's oh, a romantic okay. comedy. Yeah. Has uh uh Ali Wong mm-hmm. and oh boy. Uh I know. <laughs> uh, something something Park uh, Randall Park. Randall, yeah. Like his name left my brain as soon yeah. as I ramped up to it. But um it is a uh, like like I said a romantic comedy and it's about um d- people who are like estranged friends from their the childhood that that come back together. So um in the movie, like they, uh, the two characters became friends when they were like, like early teens and they grew up together. And then something happened where, um, uh, I'll skip that part. Like when they're 18, they, uh, they end up sleeping together. And then through like a, a tragedy, like, um, that had come up in the meantime. Um, and you know, like when you're a teenager, like, you don't really understand your emotions or your hormones or anything. They end up getting pissed off at each other and they go their separate ways. Well, like I think it's like 14 or 16 years later, they come back into each other's lives. And then, um, it's kind of how they get back together Mm. or do they, um, maybe have have you seen this advertise at all? Yeah. I've seen it advertised and I've seen one scene from, uh, with Ali Wong's boyfriend. In it. Okay, I was yeah. Because there's a clip. Let's not spoil it here. There's let's a clip not. online, yeah, that's going around. So I've I've seen that part. Well, okay, yeah. And I, I'm curious as to how much of that clip is going around because I I had heard he was going to be in it like as they were shooting it, and then um, 
I heard there was like a five minute clip of him in the movie, but he's in it longer than that. Well, I think we need. So I think we sure should say part. we could say because he's in the trailer. He like when he oh, walks he? up. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and also okay. my next movie has him in it, so I ha- I wanted to mention him anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Dolph Lundgren is in this movie. And- <laughs> No, 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 no. It is uh, one Mr. Keanu Reeves, John Wick himself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since we've got that on the table, I'm going to say something uh, that I planned on uh, not saying. Okay, uh, Okay. A few episodes ago, Mm -hmm. I made the grave error, evidently, of uh, mentioning that I was not into John Wick for whatever reason. Uh, It just wasn't my thing. I wasn't like... I didn't think I was shitting on the movie or anyone who liked the movie, but... uh, Lo and behold, I, uh, I, I did get some backlash Uh-oh. on it. Um, and, uh, I, I want to say that, uh, I stand by what I said oh. in that movie. I didn't care for Keanu Reeves acting in John Wick. That said, I thought he was simply delightful Oh, and always be my maybe uh-huh. or whatever, whatever I said yeah. the title of the movie was that I've forgotten <laughs> since. I can't fucking remember. It's named after like a Mariah Carey song. I know, but then like, like change. changed the last word. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Always be my maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes, sure. Anyway, he's, uh, <laughs> he's great in this movie. Like they use him so well and he's, he's very charming in this movie. He looks like John wick. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if he shot this like in between, there you go. uh, shooting scenes from that movie or, or what, but man, he is, he's great. I, what is the, the five minute thing that, is online that you watch. So like what scene it's, is that? Uh, it's like when he walks into the restaurant that they're at. Oh, and okay. it's basically, I don't know if there's what, what else is to there. I imagine that they actually sit down and eat and there's a lot more to that scene, but it's essentially oh, okay. just yeah, them like meeting each other. And there's like a slow motion thing where everybody's like freaking out. Cause he's like Keanu Reeves, uh, which mm-hmm. I think he, he plays himself in the movie or does he play like a version of himself? Okay. Yeah. Um, he has a version of himself. Yeah. Right? So, uh, and yeah, so it's just them like meeting, like shaking hands and then it, and then it cuts out the one that I saw. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's more to it then. Cool. cool. <laughs> I won't say not only is there a restaurant scene, but there's something afterwards okay, as cool. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, my wife and I watched this and I think she thought the movie's okay. I had a blast watching it. Like oh, there okay. were multiple times where I was laughing out loud nice. at certain things. And Steven, if you think, if you think <laughs> you're going to watch this movie and not see an Asian person with dreadlocks. Oh man. You're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> because you do see that. And you're so as excited. I, saw it, I was like, like in my head, I was like, holy shit. Does she have dreadlocks? I said to my wife, I was like, is this an Asian person with dreadlocks right here? And then I felt bad immediately because I was, I was like, maybe this is something that happens, mm-hmm. but we don't see yeah. because it's just not in the, the, the media that's out there. So maybe this is like, yeah, Asian people, of course they have dreadlocks. It's out there. But then later they comment on it in the movie. Okay, where, there you go. Where, uh, yeah, so it's, 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 uh, it's done for comedic purposes, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, there's probably some Asian people out there with dreadlocks, you yeah. know, just just for funsies, you know, yeah. the stylistic thing. thing. More more power to you, but uh, yeah, it's a uh, this movie's. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I cool, was okay. in it the whole time, um, and yeah, I, I I'd give this my highest recommendation out of uh, everything that uh, I mentioned <laughs> on this episode. Yeah, I would say that um, I wasn't as excited about this one just because I hadn't heard as much about it until like that clip came out and stuff, but. Um, Mm-hmm. A lot, you know, I, I've talked about a lot of the uh, like romantic comedies from Netflix. They're they're hit or miss, but most of them I, I think are a lot of fun. They are what they are. 
Um, Mm -hmm. I love this new kind of era where Netflix is funding these things because I don't know how well they would do at the theater, but then it doesn't matter and it's just out there and you can just Mm -hmm. watch it at home and it's great. So, uh, with your recommendation, I think I would, I would check this one out. Um, Ali Wong is uh, fucking hysterical. She is a Mm -hmm. a up special or four or something like that on Netflix. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's really funny and, um, Randall Park is, is great. Um, actually, uh, I was watching, um, some of the wet, hot American summer, stuff and he's in one of the those series for a little bit he's so he's just like really funny so um i dig yeah. that um but yeah i hadn't really like i was just kind of like yeah i'll probably watch it eventually but wasn't that excited about it but now i uh i'll give it a shot so i i mean i know that you and your wife like um to all the boys i've loved before uh-huh. right yeah and i would i would say that you guys would like this and it's yeah. not just because it's like asian people in both movies but it's more of a um that's like the most recent like uh, romantic comedy that I've mm-hmm. seen, I think and yeah. that was at your place uh, last oh, yeah. summer. I uh-huh. think. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was definitely good. And cool. uh, yeah, you've uh, Sarah add this to your list. There Daniel you go. Sanchez. Sarah I'm sorry like for besmirching the name of John Wick. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. What? Did, who said what about that? I didn't see that. Uh, Daniel had texted me, and he's uh, he didn't really like rate me over the coals or anything, but he uh-huh. said that he was bummed out that I didn't like John Wick. Look, I get, it. I I understand people like it, and it's something that I plan to revisit later on down the road to see mm-hmm. if my my tastes have changed. And, and again, I I would still want to see John Wick three, yeah, even though the first two were just kind of okay to me. But uh, you know, not not everything's for for everyone, maybe. But uh. I'll always be your maybe, Stephen. Back to you. Hey, that's nice. Um, yeah, so I got one more, and it's it bounces off. It's a Keanu Reeves movie, and I was trying to find something to watch, uh, like on Thursday night or some shit, and uh, just scrolling through my various uh, accounts, Netflix, Hulu, that kind of stuff, and I finally found a Born movie. Hub. Do what? Born, yeah. Born finally hub? found a movie. It's uh, Backdoor Sluts 9, uh, starring Keanu Reeves. Ooh. And uh, no, I was oh, scrolling yeah. through, and... Um, uh, sometimes you know it's it's there's so many options now to to watch things and and it's it's like overwhelming and uh, we all get that like thing where we just keep scrolling and like looking at stuff and whatever and uh, every once in a while there's something that comes out and I'm like like it'll show up on it and I'm like yep I, I could totally watch this right now let's do it mm-hmm. and on uh, Hulu uh, right now Point Break is on there uh, starring what? okay Keanu Reeves and uh, one Mr Patrick Swayze and I can remember talking about this before so have you seen Point Break before? I saw it when I was younger. Uh, yeah. We had rented it on VHS from the Fuck video it. store, and yeah. uh, we watched it. And I, I was probably younger than I should have, or younger than I should have been to watch that movie at that time. Uh-huh. But I remember thinking it was so cool back it's, in the day. It, I don't know yes. how well it holds up. Oh, it does. You should I totally watch it. it. Um, oh, okay. Awesome. I remember this movie, to me, was one of the like coolest movies I remember seeing when I was younger, too. And I, I think... I mean, it's it's definitely like a uh, there's some stuff in it, right? Um, not good for kids, but uh, I remember watching it really young too. I wonder if it was like a TV version or something, you know, that I might have watched. But uh, I remember this movie just being fucking cool. It's about surfers who rob banks, who skydive and shit. Like it's just <laughs> adrenaline fueled movie. It's awesome, right? Um, and it's also directed by Catherine Bigelow, who is uh, an what? amazing filmmaker, right? Totally crazy. Holy shit! Yep. Um, no idea. And it's executive produced by James Cameron. I think they were still married at the time. And, uh, yeah, so she, she did this movie, um, and it shows because it's, it's actually really good. Like it still definitely holds up to me. 
Um, when we were talking the other week about, you know, Keanu and his acting and stuff. And, uh, this is one of those, I mean, he, he plays a cop who's going undercover at a surf gang. And so he does, he almost makes fun of himself with that surfer voice. Sometimes he like, they'll play it up, you know? Um, and it's the eighties. So it was, or uh, 91. So it was that era, whatever though, where it was, uh, maybe it's like the cowabunga, you know, type of talk or whatever kind of uh, infiltrating the the script and everything like that but it, it, it's fun mm-hmm. and i think overall he did a really good job um and swayze actually i forgot um i really really like in this movie i actually think he's a great mm-hmm. actor uh, or was a great actor and uh uh a lot of that stuff like i loved him in that that era and this was kind of different he's um he's got like a beard like or like a kind of a stubbly beard and um like longer hair just like kind of different from some of his other roles but um it really worked. Um, there's a lot of a lot of fun stuff in this movie, so I highly recommend it. It was super fun, but I also specifically wanted to bring it up on this show because uh, Fast and Furious, the first one, is basically Point Break, right? <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. I think we've mentioned that a little bit before, and so I was yeah. kind of paying attention to that since we've been doing that series, which we need to get back to and finish soon, but uh, mm-hmm. since we had watched all those movies recently, especially the first one, um, I was trying to pay attention to that, and... It's funny because it's like undercover cop, people, it's like not everything's the same, right? Like they're robbing banks in this one, they're robbing trucks in the other one. It definitely has more car heavy focus. There's like that changes plot points. Uh, Sure. But like adrenaline junkies, he has to infiltrate the gang. He's like young in the force. Um, He has to get in with them, but he doesn't know, he doesn't really suspect them at first. Uh, there's like a lot of like similarities and then some, some big departures and stuff. And it kind of makes it, it, it kind of makes it funny to me because in this one, it was clearly like a one-off film that they just like finished. And now it's like all yeah. the franchises and stuff. And I don't know what they were thinking in 2001 when they did Fast and the Furious, that they planned on like, not obviously not what it's become because we've talked about how that whiny road to get to back to four and the original cast members back in. But, uh, Clearly, they wanted to make sequels really fast and like go on with that series. And this one was just kind of like, no, we're good. And it's like, and what? There, there's another universe out there where I hope that there is a Point Break style or like a Fast and Furious style Point Break franchise, where this just oh, like went yeah. on to be something huge before that ever did. You know? Um, yeah. It'd be kind of interesting to see like Swayze, Keanu Reeves, you know, back in Point Break Nine. You know, like that sounds kind of cool. Well, Stephen. I just, I've, hmm, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I, I, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm yeah. just going to say it. Go for it. Obviously, the movie's not out, so I can't spoil anything because I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But from what I understand, look right, <laughs> look left. Keanu Reeves has a role in Hobbs and Shaw. What? Yeah. Crossover there. I, I've heard that it's like a, uh, like, like an, a, a, not necessarily like a substantial role, but he has like a, an important role to play. That's in awesome. That. I'm totally yeah. on board with that. Um, so what? What if he is that character? I, that's what I'm like in this movie. If you play Johnny Utah, sweet ass name. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit! That's I his, forgot that was his name. That's his name. Uh, if he came Incredible. back as like a grizzled old Johnny Utah uh, to like, yeah. I don't know for any any reason uh, back in that film, and they crossed these over, I would be 100 percent on board. I, I would love that. So, uh, but yeah, I, uh, it was really funny, the, the similarities to uh, Fast and Furious and stuff. But um, also, uh, it does its own thing, and it's, it's pretty good. Um, I, really, I really dug the story and the way things go. Um, 
it has a uh, there's something about it from my childhood that I have like this nostalgia for it. So I I really did wonder if it would hold up and if it would be mainly that. But uh, I still loved it regardless. Um, I would watch this anytime. Awesome. Hell yeah. yeah, man. I am so pumped to rewatch yeah, this. Like, like I, I would have rewatched it anyway, but now knowing that it's Catherine Bigelow, who I fucking love right? the Hurt Locker. Oh, I really yeah. like Zero Dark Thirty as well. She's uh, great. Man, that is so fucking exciting. I know. Hell I yeah. Know. She has a, uh, and, um, a vampire movie from the 80s that I've never seen, and I really want to watch it. It's called Near Dark. And uh, I mean, yeah, I love okay. vampire movies, and I love her, and it's uh, it has Bill Paxton in it. Uh, who's always mm-hmm. great. It's described as a neo-Western horror film with vampires in it. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff of hers that I need to kind of go back and watch. But uh, yeah, she's she's fantastic. So I want her to direct a Hulk movie. I know the rights are tied up at Universal. Do it. But I think she would be great wow. like, in doing that type of like action. Uh-huh. Hell yeah. I'm on board Hell with that. Hell yeah. 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 So Universal, uh, yeah. make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin. It'd be funny too because it's like, the, her last films have been uh, kind of spread apart, and they've been like uh, really heavy. It's like The Hurt Locker in uh, 08, Zero Dark Thirty in 2012, and then Detroit in 17. So she does these like heavy things, and then she came out with a, a new Incredible Hulk. I'd be like, "Yep, Brent called it. This is awesome. Let's do this." Yep. Yep. But I'm on board, man. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you have anything else that you wanted to uh, discuss today? I do not. And uh, but yeah, that was a good episode. It was. There's uh, some uh, some good picks in there. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know you can skip that uh, that comic that I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know that's uh, <laughs> took the bullet for humanity we on that one. But that. hey, you know what? It, we we have to explore those avenues. You yeah. know, sometimes you got to crawl up inside those crevices, crevice <laughs> cre- those those cracks. <laughs> got to crawl up in them. And yeah. Brent did the work for us all. Thanks for calling that crap. Hey, no problem. No problem. I squeezed myself out of it. So in the meantime, if you would like to contact us, you know how to do. You know how we do. Mm-hmm. It's in the show notes. But you can email us at let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com and also contact us on Twitter or contact us and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. There you go. Wow. 98 episodes uh, at LTAS pod. You can follow Steven on Letterboxd and Twitter at Steven Fisher 22. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brent Hibbard. Check out our MySpace page. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, our GeoCities website. You'll mm-hmm. you'll love it. You know? Absolutely. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, send us your roasts for episode 100. It's just around the corner uh, by my count. Seven, eight, uh, two episodes from now. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, send those over uh, because we will read them on the air. Or if you send an audio file, we will play those on the air. You can be part of the episode. And who doesn't want to be part of this fucking disaster? <laughs> Fantastic. <Right? laughs> yep. Absolutely. That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to be a part of something that crashed and burned, you know? Look, you are the one who suggested we start doing a podcast. Uh, you suggested it to me. Uh, that was that's on you. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. So stay tuned for yep. our episode next week. What are we going to be talking about? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Know. Stay tuned though, Ooh. because we will be very excited about it, whatever it might be. And yep. you guys will too. Yep. 
That's the LTAS promise. <laughs> or the other LTAS promise. Yeah. Wait, I, I'm getting confused by my episodes here. Don't, I don't know. We did an LTAS promise to something. Yeah, don't think about it too much, though, because yeah, everybody yeah. just getting confused. Well, mm-hmm. I thought this episode was hands, so uh, to throw it back. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, to our old rating system. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Hands, hands uh, across America. <laughs> But Brent, uh, thanks for joining me today, and everybody, thanks for listening today as well. And uh, until next time, I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. And let's talk later. Let's talk later. Oh, uh, you were talking earlier about like scrolling through, um, uh, like you're trying to find something on like Netflix or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you kept you kept scrolling, and you know, in case you get to that point later on in life, you're like, I'm just gonna give up on this. You know, take the advice of one Mr. Fred Durst. Keep scrolling, 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 scrolling. <laughs> that was worth coming back for, right? That was worth it. <laughs> I like how many times you've been able to bring that song into things. You know what? I could probably do it every episode. Yeah. I won't, but tried. I probably could. Yeah. Just anything with a long O sound. Here we uh, go. Hmm. Yeah. You really, you really work it in, though. I like it. Hmm. Then work it up in that crack. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a brand new day yeah. here, Deltas. <laughs> uh, guess what Sink I don't word. have? <laughs> Sick word. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Since we're doing a catch-up, you know, literally any... Mustard. Any, okay, mustard. <laughs> mustard. Hey, you know what? It's, I, see, I see where you're getting that. Yep. I, I sense the theme. Okay. Excellent. Mustard. See... Steven, I wish you wouldn't beat yourself up so much. You mm-hmm. you always say, yeah, I'm not good at this. I can't do it. I'm ugly. You know, yeah, I, I smell bad. Yep. People think I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you shouldn't think that at least about the sink word, you know? Okay. You're pretty good at it. Thanks. You, you come up with good ideas. Well, All that other stuff is, is basically true, but, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've, you know, I've asked my dad to stop saying that about you, but, you know. <laughs> I appreciate he'll, that. He'll get around to it. Yeah. He's yeah. a really good bully. Yeah. Like, he really <laughs> gets with the feels. Like, a lot of people, when they're younger, they're asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? My dad was like, I want to be a great bully. And he is. He's great. Yep. Like, we've all said it. If you're going to do something, do it great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, Sick word. So. Mustard. (laughs) What'd you call me? You son of a bitch. (laughs) Oh, sorry. That's a little bit of my dad coming out of me. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you learn from the best. <clears throat> All right. All right. So mustard on three. One, two, three. Mustard. mustard. Oh, that was good. Okay. You know, just throw a little bit of stank on it. Yeah. Ooh, stank, mm-hmm. Stanky mustard. It's my favorite. Oh. <laughs>